0: A lot of people in this game can't scale, and it's why they stay small, because they can't put the fulfillment of the systems and processes together behind the scenes.
1: Hey, SDR Nation, are you interested in adding more properties to your portfolio this year? If so, you need to check out Ventory. These guys are making a big wave in the SDR industry, and we even had Brooke, the founder, on the podcast. Earlier this year, Brooke released a book on inventory growth, and it's already an Amazon bestseller in three categories. It's called Zero to 500 Properties in Five Years because that's exactly what Brooke did with his own management company. Now he's sharing his secrets with everyone and making it easier than ever for you to grow your portfolio thanks to Ventory. Inventory is the first and only software and service platform designed specifically to help Airbnb hosts and property managers recruit homeowners and add new properties to their rental programs. They can help you pull lists of vacation rental homeowners in your area and then market to them across multiple channels. From landing pages to chatbots to meeting booking tools and more, Inventory is here to help you collect leads. Inventory has a state-of-the-art CRM with marketing automation that can help you track your leads, communicate with them across your whole team, and so much more. The system can even automatically follow up with your leads instantly. Wouldn't it be nice to know that all your homeowner leads were getting contacted right away? The best part is, is if you sign up now, you can get a free homeowner marketing list a free owner landing page. And with a 60 day money back guarantee, Ventory makes it completely risk free to try it out. Plus, Ventory sends you a $50 Amazon gift card just for taking a demo. Take the first step and get Brooks book for free by visiting vintory.com str. That's Ventory, V as in Victor, I-N-T-O-R-Y, dot com slash str what's going on str nation welcome back to another episode of the short term rental secrets podcast i'm your host mike shogren here with my main man and brother from another mother mr emmanuel pani what's up B?
2: my brother so good to see you um i've been loving just loving life you know i love the fourth of july it's such a like happy like happy holiday um i saw you at the cove that yeah it was nice man i don't think
1: i I haven't stayed at that property in like a year and a half, maybe. And we were like, we yeah, always go to New yeah. Hampshire for the fourth. So we went yeah. out for the weekend and then we came back and there's a huge parade in town that goes right in front of the hotel. And then they have this like 50 foot bonfire on the beach. And i uh, so
2: excited.
1: Yeah. So it was fun. <laughs> and again, like little tip for people like stay at your properties every once in a while. Like I noticed a couple things that I was like, oh, like. What happened to the towel hanger in this bathroom? Like, yeah. it clearly got patched and nobody replaced it. Just like random stuff like that. That, like,
2: you know. You notice, yeah, yeah. yeah. We were talking with Maddie. Uh, Maddie a made a post the other day on on IG, and he's like, "What are three of the benefits that I like about owning hospitality?" And and he's like, "Comment your favorite benefit." And one of mine is that I always have extra rooms for people to stay in. And I don't have to have people come and stay at our house. I can just put them at the villas, you know? And it's it's true, like, right? There's so many benefits in in owning hospitality, in owning hotels or or Airbnbs that, like, you kind of don't even think about, you know?
1: Yeah, 100%. 100%. Um, Yeah, man, things are good. Things are really good. And uh, I'm really excited for today's guest. So we've had him on the podcast like a year, year and a half ago maybe, and uh, he's continuing to crush it. Um, I won't go through his whole bio again, but we'll we'll let him do a quick recap when we bring him up here. But on the show, we've got Ryan Luke today over in the UK. This dude is, I'll just call him Interne- Mr. International at this point. He's all over the globe at this point with his properties. Uh, his company, Luke Holmes, and Ryan, feel free to correct me here because I know your new email is Luke Capital Group, but welcome to the show, man. Thanks for being here. <laughs>
0: thanks for having me back guys always a pleasure
1: yeah man yeah so i guess for the folks that haven't heard the first episode why don't you give us the cliff notes version of of how you got into this and then kind of like where you're at now man you you scaled this thing pretty yes.
0: well <laughs> yeah still uh still kind of pinch yourself every single day and think how did i end up here but um i guess deep down hard work and discipline kind of getting good got me there um yeah so luke holmes is is actually uh, it's still a company of mine but it now sits under the Luke capital group portfolio and um you know i guess that kind of shows the expansion that we've had over the last 18 months or so and operating now in multiple countries and, and looking to expand worldwide with you know the various business models that we do have rental arbitrage franchise model owning my own stuff as well you know buying a lot of multi-unit type stuff now and developing so yeah it's been crazy man it's like as i said you just every day wake up and go jesus how did i get here and i'm always very conscious that it can go as quick as it came so you keep working and grinding but um it's it's a, you know as he was saying there, you know i i go to dubai uh, every pretty much you know two weeks of every month i stay in variation of my airbnbs whichever one's empty and you get to stay in different parts of the city and and as you were saying michael you get to ring this team and say why is no one picked up on this how come there's no hair drying this property you know and uh but yeah it's an amazing amazing game i love it
1: i love it man and so last time we spoke you were i think you were building a couple of smaller not smaller, but like mid-sized multis over in the UK. I think there were like 20 units, maybe 30 units over there. How'd those projects go?
0: Yeah, um, I'm still waiting for the council to give me permission to go ahead on those. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> uh,
2: so it's like he went to Dubai. It's like Dubai is a little bit faster oh. in getting things approved.
0: It's like four four weeks over there, it's like go. But, um, you know, mate, the, the, you know they talk about a housing shortage, shortage here, here and it's like if you approve stuff, it can get built. You know, if you don't approve it, it's not going to get built. And we we expected to get planning permission on that, as you say, probably not months after we spoke last time. It's 18 months now, still haven't got planning permission. So a lot of learning, uh, a lot of learnings from that one. And I should have just bought a ready-made block ready to go and could have had a cash flow in now for the best part of 18 months and would have probably made more money. So, but we live and learn, don't we?
1: Yeah, yeah. So what's, what's your unit count up to? And I know it fluctuates. We were talking offline about, and we'll, we'll definitely touch on that too, about kind of that pumpkin plan of cutting, cutting the crap portfolio or cutting the crap out of the portfolio.
0: Yeah. So, so we're, we're north of kind of like three, 300, um, mid 300s probably now. Um, we cut about 80, just cleansing, getting rid of stuff that wasn't working, getting rid of owners that you know wouldn't upgrade the properties. Um, you know, get rid of some of my stuff. I've sold a few units just to try and cash a bit in, and then reinvest the money into multi blocks. So there's been a bit of cleanse in the last sort of six to eight months, but we are scaling quicker than ever now. I'm quite confident we can probably hit probably 600 by the end of the year, uh, based on the plans we've got out in Dubai. Uh, I've just recently acquired um, a head of acquisitions out there and uh, they're putting the team together now. So that trip I just came back from yesterday, that's exactly what we've done. And um, there's over in Dubai at the minute, it is like short-term mental heaven. Everyone just wants a piece of it. Everyone's kind of coming around to the idea of it. And um, we're kind of already on the in the game there and we know what we're doing. So we've got that trusted brand there to work with. So I'm really excited for that. And I, and I think um, we can the business plan we've got there is, is, is pretty pretty epic to be fair over the next sort of two three years but yeah i i i, I don't see why we can't double the portfolio before the end of the year
1: i know and i'm hogging course- the convo e but i want to ask one more follow-up on that <laughs> and then, I'll, then yeah. I'll open it up just selfishly because a lot of a lot of my mastermind members are scaling quickly and like one of them he just hit in his first year he got to 50 you know he wants to get to 160 and one of his bottlenecks is the acquisition like, in like the build-out phase so like, did you go in-house for that? Or are you working with contractors or how did you structure that team now to continue to scale at that level?
0: Yeah, so um, I, I'm a big believer that, you know, to, to acquire stuff, you've just got to make noise. You need to get your brand out there and you've got to be speaking to as many people as possible, doing as many viewings as you can, meeting as many agents. So I really doubled down on both my UK and my Dubai team to what, what I call my acquisition team. So they are just constantly um, out there looking for, you know, properties and whether it's rentals or whether it's to buy um, or we're on, you know, on Facebook looking for anybody sort of anyone know any property managers, that sort of stuff. And, and just being, being very proactive with finding, finding deals. We've also um, ramped up our, you know, Google ad spend and, you know, we've done a, a hell of a lot of work in the last 12 months on our website on SEO. So I've got a, 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 a quite a sizable marketing team behind the scenes now, and uh, copywriters, SEO experts, all that sort of stuff, and and they're constantly added daily, which adds to the lead flow as well. And then the, that goes in the acquisition team, and then they they roll with it and 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 you know just get them signed up. And it gets easier with a trusted brand. Obviously, than it does at the beginning, but you know if, if your guy's got fifty units, he's trusted. He knows what he's doing, so there's no reason why he can't you know treble his portfolio.
1: And did you end up? Like for the build outs of those units, did you end up like hiring like full-time employees? Or are you still working with contractors for those?
0: Depending on location, a bit of both. Yeah. So I do have full-time uh, handyman and um, tradesmen in my business now. Uh, when I do my, obviously my asset renovations, they are, you know, they save me fortunes, you know, especially when they can fit kitchens, fit bathrooms, that sort of stuff. Um, yeah. So that, that works really well. But on the day-to-day as well, they're out and about, they, they know what they're doing, the setups they're really good with. We've done a lot of, at the beginning, it was kind of just whatever looks nice, just set it up and buy whatever you want. Now it's like we've got a brand standard, every property is pretty much the same with a variation of colours, furniture's pretty much the same. So it's it's more just speed. So it's like, yeah, order that, order We've got a warehouse full of stuff now, just go and pick it, get it in, go and pick it, get it in. And when we're running low, just buy again. And I'm about to set that up in Dubai as well, get a warehouse and just load a load of furniture in. Because I think you can waste so much time like, oh, does this wall art look okay? Is that furniture couch okay? And, and, and just getting it done. But the in-house team have been definitely worth, worth the investment.
1: Yeah. And you, you touched on it. But one of the things that we did, at least for our local market, was we rented a storage facility. And we'll just stock up on... Furniture, decor, all that stuff, because one of the challenges, I'm assuming it's the same in Europe, is just shortages. Like when you order a couch, it might take you six weeks to get that couch. You know what I mean? So when you standardize it, it's a lot easier to do that, like logistically, because you're like, all right, I'm just going to get three or four or 10 of these couches, put them in in the warehouse, and then we go.
0: Yeah, yeah. We've got like probably anywhere from 15 to 25 units worth of stock at any time. And because we know we can rattle through it. Uh, and, and and also like say now in Dubai, because it's hot and everyone literally disappears, like you can pick up stocks so cheap. So you can go and buy couches now for almost a third of the price. So you can go fill your boots and then when, when you need them again, you know, you've got it. So but I guess you need cash flow to do that.
1: Yeah. All right, E. I'll 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 show up now.
2: <laughs> um No, it's funny because some of the questions that I had you already answered. Um what I find interesting, right? It's just like it, it seems very apparent to me from the last time that a lot of your focus, and maybe this is not true, but I hope it is, that a lot of your focus has been in just finding good key team players. So I just mm-hmm. wanted you to talk about that. So maybe in the last 18 months, looking back, what are some of the hires that you've brought on there? You're like, holy shit, they made a huge difference to the business or just to Ryan's life, right? Like maybe there's been one hire that you're just like, oh my God, they took off. 80% of what I used to do.
0: I think if you want to scale a business, you've got to get out the mindset of I'm going to do everything and I'm only the best one to do everything. And, you know, I think you've got to really trust your your your, your staff, but then at the same time, you've also got to train them. You can't just plug them in and expect them to know everything. I've got a very flex. I'm almost like as much as I hate Airbnb. I've got um, a very Brian Chesky type working culture of, you can work from wherever you want. There's no times you just get KPIs and as long as you hit your KPIs, I'm happy. You can go for coffee for as many times as you want per day. You can go out with your friends. I really don't care. So, um, but you know, the KPIs are strong and, and, and you have to push towards them. But building that, that culture, I actually, one of my, one of my sort of staff the other day said, you know what? I never really wanted a boss. I just wanted a mentor and you're exactly that. And, you know, so it's kind of building that culture. And I think, uh, as long as you have the right players. So for me, it was, I think your accounts team uh, in this business, as you scale, as you know, we get a lot of payments in, a lot of little payments as well. So, you know, you make 200 quids, 300 quids, 500 quids, but it all accounts up to millions. So we, you've got to know your numbers, you've got to be on your game. And um, so so they've been a real benefit to, to me being able to then say, okay, well, Let's buy in this area or let's rent more in that area because we've got the data to say that they're profitable versus versus this area or that area. And then I think my sort of operations, uh, I've got two kind of operations managers, one in the UK, one in Dubai, and they both seamlessly work together very well. And they run and basically keep all of that shit away from me. I just, just do not bring it to my plate. And by doing that, that allows me to, work on the business all the time and you know come up with things like the franchise idea or you know building acquisition teams out in dubai or you know just knowing where the business needs to go next and being able to then just focus on putting that together whilst knowing that that's all taken care of and the revenue is still coming in and the guests are still being looking after and all of that so i think um Every member of your team is super important. Um, we've got our property hosts in you know, our main op center, which is now in Dubai. I moved pretty much everything out there now in terms of operations. And that was a real, it was a struggle move at the beginning and it was a lot of teething problems. And you know, it, it, I almost thought it backfired on me at one point, but we stuck with it and we've really turned it into quite a machine now. And I'm really excited about that going forward because I think that's going to help us grow um, even further quicker by, by having that unit there.
2: So does that mean that all of your property are hosted by somebody in that team and they all live in Dubai? Correct, yeah. So, um, and we have them on everything from a
0: Dubai opening schedule through to a UK closing schedule at the minute. The idea behind it was, I see Dubai's middle of the world and with the franchise business, I I want to get in every continent. So whilst I'm not saying a US operator would be run by Dubai, because I think the time difference might be a bit too much but we would certainly have, by that point, probably a 24-hour operation in Dubai to be able to support a, a mini-satellite office in the US, for example, um, and, and the same for kind of over in Australia, Asia sort of way. So for me, it's just like the central hub and we can get great staff there, which are cost-effective, and it means we can, you know, scale and, um, and have... I, I, I think we've got a great team environment there where they all want to help each other, which really helps
2: that's awesome.
1: If you guys listen, just go back and listen to the last five minutes. Like, there were so many good points in that. And you said it a little bit differently, but one of the things that I had hired a business coach a couple of years ago and I worked with him one on one for like a year. And he was like, the biggest mistake a lot of business owners make is they, they think they have employees and they train and they're like the boss. You're not a boss, you're a coach. You have people, they're people, they all have goals. And your job is to coach them and create alignment through your culture of when the company hits their goals, it helps them hit their goals and you just coach them. And you, you hit that nail on the head because the other thing is when you create the right culture, you're not babysitting people. And that's the biggest thing I hear from people that are growing. They're like, Oh, I'm constantly talking to this person and I'm constantly telling them what to do. And I'm constantly telling them what to do. And I'm like, well, you're not an effective leader yet. (laughs) Like, You're not leading you're just you're task delegating every 20 minutes like that's not an effective leadership yeah i
0: I give like i mean there's a i don't know who had the quote but it's something like um, a company culture is more powerful than any process system or product or service and you can have the best product in the world if you've not got a good company culture then it ain't going to fly because there's only one of you so if you're passionate about your company then yeah of course you're going to sell it or you're going to deliver it on the on the fulfillment side but if your team aren't passionate about your company, then they don't give a shit. And they're just going to be like, yeah, I'll do my nine to five. I'll tick the box. I'll do the bare minimum. So I I always like, and I think it's also how you you, you use your word. So I always say that like people work with me. No one works for me. People work with me. We work together. We're a team. There is, yeah, okay, I make the major decisions, but I also have a lot of responsibility for them. So I have like layers of spend. So for example, we'll let a property host spend up to 250 pounds without any question so then they're not having to bother people of can we organize this maintenance can we organize just do it you know nine times out of ten they'll get the decision right so let them do it let them grow if it's anything more than that it goes to management level which is up to a thousand and then anything over a thousand has to come to me you know but it very rarely comes to me so that means i'm not getting phone calls of can we do this? Can we do that? Can we do that? So then you can just focus on what you need to do. But the, the underlying message of that is they feel like they're almost like making big decisions in their own little business. So the way we've got the property set up is they all get a certain amount of properties each and they're all profit. Sh- they're all on a profit share of those of those individual businesses. So they all feel like they've got an individual business within my business. And, um, it, it, it works incredibly well for motivation, like, like so well.
2: And that's for the hosts. So the your host of the department, so kind of very similar to, similar to what Julie did in a sense, right? So Julie George, that similar model of like you're assigned your unit. If you do well, great. Julie did a, a share of her management fee. You did a percentage of the profit share, but kind of similar. And then if yeah. they do well, do they get more units or are they capped? A um, of units.
0: yeah so so it, it is it, julie julie is one of the inspirations for that model for me in all fairness and she she worked a bit differently she kind of had like self-employed people who yeah. who like came in and, and she yeah, gave yeah. them a bit more of a profit mine are like employed staff members and um i used to have like various different departments like, i'd have like a, a clean and linen department i'd have a guest management department i'd have you know and they all like, speak to each other but yeah. I just felt like it wasn't working as, as effective as it could be. And then I made this change that, you know what? Why don't we, everyone does everything, but they only do it for their batch of properties. And by doing that, it's made them more responsible. They're all, they've got an all rounded skill set. They're more bought into the idea of looking after their guests a bit more. And, and, and yeah, it, it just seems to have, you know, lit a bit of a fire and, and it's been good. And then we do at the end of the month, this is how much we expect to earn off these, profit, off these properties. If you achieve this, you get that. And it just gives them a bit more of, a, of an extra, um, you know, and again, it comes down to like training. So I'm like, if we do a direct booking, we don't pay any commission. If we just let Airbnb fill the calendars, we pay X amount out. So if you want to get to your profit line and earn X amount more, get on the phones and get more direct bookings in. So, you know, no doubt since we've started doing this, the direct bookings have gone up. Because they're more motivated to get on the phone now. So mm-hmm. it's just like little things like that. It's just made such a difference. And um, you can start to see it in the revenue as well.
2: Yeah, because now it hurts them too, because Airbnb, they're like, ugh, it could have yeah. been a direct booking. Instead, we wasted money given to Airbnb. That's brilliant. Mm-hmm. What are you expecting, obviously, as you grow? where are you seeing some areas that you're like that's that's gonna be really challenging for me to like work through or
0: <laughs> Good question. Um I, I do feel like now we've got very much a sort of rinse and repeat model. I feel I feel really confident in where we've got the kind of fulfillment side of things, how we've got the onboarding process, how we've got the revenue management, and 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 then how we've got the acquisition team. So I'm quite confident that, don't get me wrong, it's not perfect and I'm pretty sure we'll come across many, many hurdles, but I do feel confident that we can say, do you know what, let's, let's get out there, let's ramp the ad spend up, let's start acquiring more and more units and really go for this, this sort of 5,000 property goal by the end of 2024 and challenges wise, I think funding always becomes a challenge no matter how big your cash flow pot is if you know I think I say all the time if you're in property you'll run out of money no matter how much money you've got so it's always trying to keep keep that going and keep spinning those plates and get more investors on I have I have got a few um, sort of investment loan note type structures out there for buying assets which we're working on and that that's unlocked a, a new element of purchasing power for us which is, is good which need to now find the buildings so getting creative with things like that to you know, we're not buying 50 grand houses anymore. I'm looking at like million pound buildings now because, you know, as, as I know, e, I know you do do multi-units, you know, on a big scale and, you know, I don't wanna, it's so much easier to just get 20 apartments in a block than it is to go and find 20 different residential houses. And it's also more efficient to run it. You know, one- you one. Lin- it
2: too, right? Like the whole thing everything gets easier. Yeah. Yeah. So now it's like, I still get the acquisition
0: team. I found a, 60 grand house and it'll do it and I'm like, no, we're not spending money on that. We're waiting for the big one. You know, we'll get the big one. It's gonna be slower, we're not gonna get as many, but when we get it, it's 20 units, it's 40 units, it's 30 units, you know. So and that's the same on the rented side of stuff as well. Um, and we're looking for that multi-unit stock. And I think that's one of the biggest challenges that we face is that switch to so much business quite quickly all the time to maybe just being a bit more patient and waiting for the, the deal to come um because there's plenty of the deals out there and we just got to go fishing for them
1: that was that was one thing i just want to touch on because i just saw an an article came out another pretty good size u.s based company just went under that was doing large-scale arbitrage and i wanted to just touch on that real quick from a a deal analysis and like criteria standpoint when you're growing so quickly how do you manage that effectively? Because I see a lot of these, like Sonder, I think just laid off 20 or 25% of their work staff again. Cause like yeah, they're yeah. just signing so, yeah. leases like crazy. But it's like if you look at their financials, like how profitable are they?
0: Yeah, for sure. I think so. I try and limit it to about 20, 25 in a block. Like I, I think getting 75, it depends on location. I think maybe in the US it might be different, but certainly. I think there's a saturation point on blocks in in certain locations and and so I think you know you take 20 25 on then you're probably okay I think you took 75 or 100 in the same block I think you might struggle a bit depending on the on the demand maybe central london you might be okay because you can effectively run it like a hotel uh, but I think you know even these big hotels they they're not they're probably 50 60% occupied at all times you know and 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 they run it that way so I know our hotels that we've got as well you know that that's kind of where you're running but You can you can make the numbers up because you've got so many rooms. I think the bigger companies. There's another company. There's a company in Dubai at the minute, and I know they're very VC backed. So I'm a big believer. It's easier to spend somebody else's money than spending your own. And you do wonder how much of the due diligence goes out the window when it is somebody else's money. I know every single penny in this business has been my money and is still my money. So you know I've got no investment money for the rental arbitrage stuff. It's all from my cash flow. So I'm very aware of, you know, making sure you get the right deals, the right decisions. You don't get them all right. You know, as we know, you, you might, if you did, if you got two wrong out of every 10, you're probably still going to be doing quite well for yourself. And then you just got to, you know, come back to the data analysis. Your accounts team need to be giving you the data to say, Do you know what? This probably hasn't performed in the last three months. We, we seriously need to be looking at it and maybe serving notice and just getting out of it before it becomes 12 months down the line. You realise you've blown your brains in for the last 12 months because you haven't had your eye on the ball. So, there is that. I think everyone's got their own business models. I know your Saunders and that, they're just very volume. I know there's a couple of Saunders blocks in Dubai, actually, uh, you know, where they've got, you know, I, don't, I don't know, lots of units within there, but it's, it's like anything. I think you just got to use the data, make calculated risks, understand what the downside is and know how you can get out. So, you know, I always try and agree a, a three month get out clause at all times. So my, my, my biggest risk is three months of rent and build, which most people could probably swallow. So mm-hmm. it, it's just, it's a tough one, but that's, I think that's the, that's probably the, that's probably how some people make it and don't make it, isn't it? the ability to, to analyze that and then take the risks to do it.
1: Yeah. yeah,
2: I like I like that 25 in a block kind of rule. I think that makes sense, especially mm-hmm. with how much it's expanding mm-hmm. now. Because for example, there is a market just sat on me that when AirDNA released the number, In the city of Fort Lauderdale, I think we added like 3,900 units last year, which is a substantial amount of units, right? Obviously, that includes all kinds of units. But in looking at that, you should definitely add that to your underwriting. And if you know that there's so much competition and you're a new person that doesn't know what they're doing, don't be arrogant enough to be like, I'll know how to make my listing look better than everybody else. Right. Because that's the thing. Right. If 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 me, Mike and Ryan are looking at something it's like there's too much competition here, we're not going to go there. What makes you think that you have such a unique product?
0: Yeah, I think I think I, I'm a big fan of modeling success. Like you don't need to spin the wheel here. Let's just find out what's working and just just copy it, basically. But I think I, I am a big I'm a big fan of like I actually go the thought process the other way there is say if there's somebody there doing it, if there's lots of people doing it, then I can do it. I know that. I'm not saying I'm going to be better, but I can at least do it. But what I will do, all the DNA data, even the data I've got of my own units, I always play it down. And then if the numbers still work on that, I'll go for it. Same with the setup costs, I always play them up. Utility bills, always play them up. And then you're nicely surprised at the end of it. Whereas I think a lot of people, especially at the beginning, they'll like massage the figures to go, oh, we've got a deal. And then the reality six, seven months later is we're not making any money. I don't see the point in doing that. Mm. Uh, But, you know, at the beginning, it's exciting and you just want units and you want to get going and, you know, you get emotionally invested in it. Whereas very much now, you know, like now I I actually don't like property. I don't go on viewings anymore. I've got no interest in them, but I just know the numbers on a spreadsheet. And that's, that's what we do. You know, does it work? Yes or no. Are we going to make money? great and then you pass it on to like the interior design team who love decorating properties they love going to ikea and getting furniture and then you know you let them roll with it and just there's the budget go do it and then just let me know when it's done and um i think you've got to emotionally remove yourself from property investing
1: yeah 100 percent. it's all about the numbers at the end of the day i want to talk a little bit more about the franchise model because when did you pivot to that was it last six months or so nine months Well, yeah, the
0: idea was probably about a year ago, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe before. So so basically I was thinking, how can I scale quicker? Um, So I thought, well, if I employ uh, someone on the ground in all the locations I want to be in, train them, help them build teams out. And then I just thought like the sort of HR admin training sort of issue with all of that recruitment and everything else that came with it. And I I'll never forget the day I was I was uh, I was doing lat pull downs in the gym and literally the sort of like light bulb kind of just went what about franchise um, and my dad used to have franchises so I kind of just thought uh, so I jumped on my phone and I was like the like short term franchise da da and no I couldn't find anybody so I literally I stopped my workout which is one of the first times I've ever done that because I'm like a massive you know gym keynote. And I ran home and put the founder movie on and I rewatched the founder movie, but with a different mindset. Now it was like a business focus rather than just pleasure watching the founder movie. And And I was like, this is exactly what we've got to do. But then again, I was like, no one's doing this. So that means they've either tried and it doesn't work or they've just not thought of the idea yet. And I thought, well, you know, sort of let's have a go. So I started, I put it together, the thought process. I met with the solicitors and the lawyers and we talked about how it needs to be structured. And there's a lot that goes into it because you've also got to think about sales of businesses and, you know, well down the line, if it goes well, what might happen if someone tries to ruin your, your brand? You know, there's a lot more involved in it than just, hey, let's just launch this service and see how it goes. So I did that and then we launched it. It didn't really go so then we did a bit more market research with the people we've been speaking to, found out what the objections were, uh, strengthened it, made it a bit different. And um, since we've launched kind of the latest version of it, we've, we've, we've done really well with picking, picking up pace. And um, again, I've got an acquisition team for that who are constantly speaking to people about it. And we've got interest all over the world now, which is great. So uh, hopefully in the next couple of months, we'll be in Australia and Cape Town. And then um, my big one is I do want to get into the States. I personally want to get into the States. So um, I know when I, I'm heading over to Miami for the, um, one of the shows, and that's going to be hopefully where I can kind of start making some, some traction. I'll probably pop into a few agents and have a few chats and, and just you know do a bit of networking. And, and, and I think that's how you, you get businesses started, really, in locations that you want to be in. Wow.
2: So what's the, what's the pitch? On there, also, what's the what's the pitch? What's
1: the? Show me this pen.
2: Show <laughs> me, yeah. me this pen. What's the pitch? You know. So my
0: um, so so the biggest, because obviously through the coaching as well, you kind of you mm-hmm. kind of see all the struggles that people have, and we've also been there as well, being at the beginning. Course, yeah. And I, I think I think one of the uh, the biggest struggles I find is one um, they walk into a state agents off the back of a training course. They've got the knowledge, they've got the passion, but they've got no trust and they've got no brand. So estate agents go, "Well, we're working with this guy here who's got over three hundred and fifty units. Why do we need to start working with you? who have got none. We've got no trust. We don't. You don't even know what you're doing." So they get to instantly walk in and be like, "Hey, we're part Luke Stays. We control over sixty million pounds worth of property. Da, da 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 da, and just rattle that off." And it's a case like, "Okay, take a seat. Let's talk." So that can happen in any location. If they then go and research, they find the websites, they find everything, and it's genuine. So that has been one of the the biggest sort of aids for somebody who wants to get started or maybe has started but is struggling to scale and um, and they just instantly get that brand trust behind them. And it also, I think, oozes a bit of confidence in them as well just yeah. by having that, that, that sort of backing. So that's been one of... Um, the real standout moments from the feedback we've had from the franchisees so far. And back to, to, to back that up, the success they've had in how, how much quicker they're on board new units versus some of the people I've coached who started from nothing is, is far quicker. So it's kind of proven in the results as well. And then I think from coaching people again, I, I found that I could quite quickly get someone to like 15 units in say five months or six months or whatever, but then they would be like, oh, I don't need your help anymore. I'm going to go off. And you're like, yeah, cool, enjoy, you know, you know, great, good luck with your business. And then, you know, you check back in on Facebook six months later and they've like now got five units and they're hating it and this and that and the other. And I think a lot of people in this game can't scale and it's why they stay small because they can't put the fulfillment of the systems and processes together behind the scenes. I'm very technologically uh, aware of like how to put stuff together and i mean i've got something like 25000 zaps that run on a monthly basis just to kind of run the business so that like automates a lot of stuff and and it, it means that we can focus on continually to acquire property rather than getting bogged down in the operations so you know as you know once you start dealing with guests and cleaners etc you've got no time at all to be then going on viewing properties. So we take all that away from them by they, they effectively come into our backend fulfillment. So they just got to keep acquiring property. And for me, that just, it means they can just continue to grow and grow and grow. And uh, we just continue to give them the support. And, um, and then we also, now we are like when we're on the hunt for the bigger multi-unit deals, Rather than me taking them all on, I offer them out to the franchisees and I'm like, who wants one? You can take one, you can take five, you can take two and I'll take the rest. So it's kind of like just sharing, sharing that side of things, you know, no deal, source of fees, just, you know, everyone wins. So let's just grow as a brand and, and get, get the message out there. And, and then also, I think once we've done that side of it, you've then got, we need to fill these properties so when someone's scrolling through Airbnb and they can constantly seeing Luke stays, Luke stays, Luke stays, Luke stays, there's a good chance they're going to click on that as opposed to a random advert with no branding. So, uh, or, and then sure enough, they come into a profile that's got, you know, thousands of reviews and things like that. Again, it builds that trust and it builds that sort of, okay, these guys obviously know what they're doing. So let's book with them right? versus book with someone else. So the properties are getting more revenue, they're getting booked quicker. And then that money can get reinvested into setting more units up. So
2: when you sign up, A, e,
0: when you sign signing up.
2: Yeah. It was good though. <laughs> I, I, did, I did like the pitch because I think I think there is something that you said there and I don't know if if maybe everybody understood it because your, your accents can get really cheeky sometimes. You know what I mean? But like, I think the thing that you said that there is very important is the fact that like people fall out in love with it because once it gets real, you start, actually having to do this job and they don't manage to elevate themselves as business owner and they get kind of buckled down and then without the weekly coaching that that you you were doing at the time the natural propensity for everybody is to shrink when things get hard and pressure comes you're not weird if that happens to you and you decide to get smaller that's Mm. just human nature right because you're like Mm. it's very stressful is very scary stuff is going on i'm going to shrink whereas what you you offer and overall like any kind of coaching right but being part of uh of the french fries model even even more and i said franchise not french fries i know it might have sounded like that but um you have this land system around you yeah there's like dude just just run what do i have to do you just run you just get more units don't worry about anything else you know? Yeah, I th- I
0: think I think you know you hit the nail on the head there. Is you know remember m- most of us will start this around as a as a side hustle against around our job, right? Pretty much everyone you speak to that's got into property is yeah I started it as a side hustle and then the side hustle became more profitable than the job, so you leave the job. But what tends to happen is you've got people who they so they're working forty to sixty. In my case, it was like 60, 70 hours a week. And then I was trying to run an Airbnb business in and around all of that. It's all right when you've got one, two or three units. But when you start getting like seven or ten, you're constant messages. You've got cleaners letting you down. You've got this, that and the other. And all of a sudden, you're like now doing 120 hours a week because you've got both businesses. You're probably not at your job enough because you're taking phone calls in bathrooms and doing this and that and the other. And then what they do is they don't ever come out of that mindset of, I need to actually invest in my business and get somebody to deal with guest management. I need to invest in my business and get somebody to do bookkeeping, knowing that that's going to allow you to scale. And that was, and I was there. I did 21 properties by myself at the beginning and blew up. I I like blew up in hospital. I was like, the woman was like, your vitals are terrible. If you're not careful, you're going to give yourself a heart attack. What have you been doing? I was like, I'm working a 70 hour week job. Plus I'm doing this on the side. She was like, you, you, you need help. So I came out of that and hired people. And then from that day forward, I've not stopped hiring people because for me, hiring a person, whether they cost me two grand a month, six grand a month, 10 grand a month, I know I'm getting three, four times X on that money. And that's the way you've got to look at it. And then that allows you to not only get more time back, but it allows you to then work on the business and grow the business. And that's, as you said there, you've got, you've got to go from an operation executive to a business owner. And I think a lot of people can't make that adjustment.
1: For me, that's the, maybe I'm wrong, but for me, that's the biggest value add of the franchise model is, yes, they can scale faster. But personally, the hardest thing is what we talked about earlier was building that team and creating that culture to elevate yourself out. And they're just Mm -hmm. able to plug into that right away. And that's where the real work is, honestly, like Mm -hmm. as you scale.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We've got like, you've, you've got a, a done for you model success style support network just around you at all times. So we then hook them into all of our marketing divisions. We hook them into all the ops sides. We hook them into, to everything. I mean, we do most of it for, for them all on the back end. We, I, I figured that I've, I've been through the pain of putting this fulfillment center together. So why put somebody who's, not being through that, through it, and spend so much time coaching them how to do it rather than just doing it for them. So the back end is a D is a DFU model. So we just literally do the back end. So you just get to do the enjoyable bit, which is just doing deals, and you know just find the more deals and then plug them in the back end, find more deals, plug them in the back end, and um, yeah, it, it 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 works great, and um, I'm really excited about the future of this because. I, I I do want to get it worldwide, and and that's kind of always been the vision. As I said earlier, I want to get to five thousand units by twenty twenty four, which I know sounds a lot, but really all I need is a hundred franchisees with fifty units each, and I'm there. And and that's not even including my stuff or my scaling or what I'm going to be doing as well. So it's probably less than that. And and I and I genuinely think that that's that's more than achievable. And and the ride of because I think you know you guys know like once. Once you're financially free and you've got a consistent business, I I find so much enjoyment now of actually seeing other people succeed and knowing that I've helped them succeed. I've helped them get to that level. I've helped them change their lives. And, you know, whether it be my staff members and I've just given them a better opportunity or whether it's, you know, a franchisee who's left their job and, you know, they they love handing the notice in and sending you pictures. So, And there's a lot of satisfaction, I think, comes out of making a difference to other people.
1: Mm. 100% yeah so where can folks learn more about this franchise model
0: it's just got the website so com, and there's a there's a franchise sort of page on there and 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 there's a webinar and and then obviously if you my team will then jump on if you fill a form in but um it's 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 i love this business and we're all passionate about this business and i think that's that's one of the greatest things about it is you know you get to also team up with people who are also passionate about it and you know we have we have quite we have a process so we actually kick back a lot of people we'll like say to you we'll be like you know we don't think you're ready for it yet or uh, maybe you need it you haven't got enough liquidity to get going you know because we want the right partners we don't just want anyone that will say they'll join we want to make sure we've got the right people to share the brand's vision over the long term and and stay with the brand as well
1: i've talked to Another person in the industry, I don't know if it was quite as much of a franchise, but then they scaled to thousands of units and they had the, the QC problem at that point. And I think it's because of what you just said of just letting anybody come in.
0: Yeah. Well, we've, we've all done it. We mentioned it earlier where we were cleansing the portfolio because we did that at the beginning, didn't we? We just took any property on, we worked with any property manager, uh, investor. You know, we, we do it all just because at the beginning it's about you know, just let's get some money in and let's make it work and let's try and build. And, um but I think when you strip it all back and you go, well, actually, they've spent a lot of my time and I'm only earning that from them, you know, and you you got to try and figure out, it's that old 80-20 rule, isn't it? That, you know, 80% of your profit comes from 20% of your properties or whatever your clients. And, um, you know, the brand for me or the, the franchise is very much find the right people, who are, you know, I don't want someone to come into the franchise, build up their own, you know, portfolio and then go, oh, we don't need you anymore. So then, then they just leave. They, I want them to be involved in the whole vision of like the global scale and where it can end up. And, you know, at the end of the day, I do have plans to sell this business. I think it, it, is, a, it is a sellable asset. That's the thing that a lot of people miss is that short-term rental businesses are sellable assets because they generate recurring revenue from the minute you've acquired one unit. So I um, am planning to sell and if we do sell, then the franchisees that are within the the franchisees will also have a sale value on their business and then they can decide whether they take the check or not. So it's got an exit value as well as an entry value.
1: 100%. Well, before we get into the last question, I want to, again, thank you for coming on here. There was so many good nuggets dropped on this episode. Really appreciate it. Before I get into the last question, my other question is, am I going to see you next year in the U.S. at the conference?
0: <laughs> For sure. I had like massive FOMO. So, uh, yeah. I was texting so,
1: Simpson. I was uh, like, tell me he's coming, man. Tell uh, me he's coming. Do, do
0: you know, so so I, I, I flew from, I flew from, I'd done three weeks in Dubai and then I flew from Dubai to Barcelona and then um, I was with Julian Barcelona. So like, you come to Nashville. I was like, I haven't booked anything yet but I really think I might struggle given like where I've I've been away for so long. And then um, I think, I think I saw like the first Instagram or whatever um, from, from Julia Mark. I was like, I was on looking at flights. I'm like, oh, I've got to go, I've got to go. And then, uh, and then, you know, life takes over and, and what have you. But I literally sat on, on socials for the first time in a while, just watching all the stuff through. <laughs> <laughs> going like, I cannot believe I didn't go. So, I mean, all kudos to you guys. You absolutely nailed it by the looks of it, and I know everyone that's come back from it said how good it was. So yeah, I I, I plan to spend a lot of time in the states from like Q3, sorry, Q three, sorry, yeah Q four Q one onwards um, to try and obviously get out in the states and and start. You know, I would like to just do a rental arbitrage on a multi unit out there. Um, you know, on my off my own back, and you know, get a you know a couple of hundred units, something like that, and just get going. And so. I'm out there for um, October and uh, for three weeks. And then uh, I know you've got, you've you got a thing in September, haven't you? Which I might try and get out for. And then um, hopefully that'll start like unlocking those doors to be able to then start coming back a bit more. And um, yeah, I, I'm excited for that side of the things because I do like the States.
1: Love it. I love it, man. Well, the last question we asked all of our guests, I know we asked you last time, so we'll see if it changed, but what is your number one secret to success with short term rentals?
0: discipline discipline of showing up every single day and doing the same mundane boring tasks that lead to the big results and you're not going to see it overnight but if it's like going to the gym isn't it you know you're not going to change in a week but if you hit it every single day for 12 months same muscle groups your muscles are going to get bigger and um discipline
1: and consistency love it love it well Ryan, Luke, thank you again for coming on here, man. Always enjoy our conversations and uh, looking forward to hanging out with you when you make it stateside, for sure. Yeah, Definitely. Pleasure. Cheers, guys. All right. Ciao, ciao. Hey, STR Nation. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to hit that subscribe button and leave us a review. And in the comments, let us know what topics you want us to cover on upcoming episodes, and we'll make sure to get that in the books for you. And if you really want to learn how to launch, automate, and scale your short-term rental business, if you want to go deeper, then check out our free masterclass at strsecrets.com.